0: Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Bob and Melissa. We are actually here from the future. (laughs) We have come back in time. To episode one. (laughs) I know. We're like in season two of the podcast right now as we're saying this. But we've actually traveled back in time, gone into the file from our very first episode. How is that possible? I know. And he wanted to like insert. Wait, wait. No, we need. Oh, I forgot the. Okay. We're not back in time yet, but... (laughs) Now they're really not going to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're back in time. Okay, officially. (laughs) Um, So no, we actually, um, it occurred to me uh, that we had this brilliant idea somewhere around episode 30 or 40 to actually post all of our research online so you could actually uh, look at the research articles that we're talking about. But we didn't think about it till like, you know, halfway through season one. And so we keep getting these great new reviews where people are giving us like five star reviews. And they're like, but the one request I have is, could you put your research somewhere so we can access it? Well, Melissa had a great idea. And thank you, Melissa, for, uh, actually doing that. So you actually went through and you did like the first.
1: There's still some missing. Right, right, right. Yeah. You, right.
0: You, you did the first, I don't know, 20 episodes or something. Then we and, stopped. And then- yeah, and, then, and then we, but you couldn't finish. And so I picked up like on episode 40 and I've been posting as we've gone live, right. you know, uh, along the way. I'll make but, a note to go yeah, back. Yeah, but you or I, one of us will go back and we'll fill in episode, you know, 20 through 40 or whatever. But we actually have. It's on, um, it's on our immunity education group Facebook page it's a pinned post right at the top you just click on our podcast post at the top and you hit you know read more and you'll see every episode listed with all the links to the research you'll see it um listed also on our immunity group.org facebook page uh at the very top of no no website sorry (laughs) immunity education group website you'll see at the very top right you'll see uh um listen to our podcast, you click on there, you click on it again, and it takes you to our podcast homepage, where again, we've listed every single research article that we ever discuss, and a link to it, you know, newspaper articles, links to a few other podcasts. Um, And And this is
1: also linked on the iTunes summary.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, as you're listening to this episode, um, you will actually see um, a a tiny URL link at the bottom of the podcast uh, summary. And um, on the summary, you just click on that. It takes you to, uh, to our podcast page or on our website. So you're welcome. You don't have to keep asking for it. All the research is right there. And, uh, you know, uh, so you guys will enjoy it. So um, and uh, it's kind of fun to come back and then tell people. Uh, um, was there anything else we wanted to tell people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it. All right. <laughs> Please do not write a review about me interrupting Dr. Bob. Okay, that was like the first.
0: Wait, wait. I, I know you like always interrupt. Oh wait, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was, was like the saying? first couple of episodes where we're like figuring it out. We just put, we just press record and just have a conversation. This is how he and I talk um, in general. So it's, this is like it's just a it's a very familiar you know, um, what's the collaborative type of conversational style that we have. So I understand that podcasting is a little different than being in person. And so I did my best to sort of adjust. So please do not write more reviews about that. I promise it gets better. And maybe season two, start with episode 59 and then you'll just never have to worry about any of that stuff. But many people say they they learn to uh, totally understand and get it. And people that know me of course, like, right. they, they totally understand. But if you've only listen to episodes one through five, don't come on iTunes and write a review um, about this, please. Thank you. I know. I know.
0: It, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny now, but, um,
1: <laughs> it wasn't like, funny for a while.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And you, you are, you sort of like took it very personally because I mean, the whole reason I podcast with you is because you will interrupt me. I mean, yeah, we're friends. We've been friends for four years. It's not like, it's not like, I am a celebrity and a doctor, and then you're just a mom and a woman, and and so you should respect me and let me finish talking. Yeah, that's true.
1: Let's not have that dynamic. I
0: know because, but some people have actually written reviews about that.
1: Right. So strong women out there, you know what I'm talking about. Like, (laughs) let's not let's not make that. There's not a hierarchy here for gender. Let's not make that a real thing. And yes, I do. We we've known each other for a while, so it's easy for us to have this kind of conversation. And no, it's not me being rude to him or disregarding his medical opinion and thinking my stuff is better than his. It's really just the way that we have a back and forth. And in fact, we talk about that in one of the podcasts about it's a certain type of communication style. That's actually a way to validate people, not to diminish them. Um, And so that's just the way that I told you I'm Italian. This is the way I I know.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I I couldn't sit here for hours and then say stuff and talk and then have my co-host say, that was fascinating, Dr. <laughs> Bob. Well, no, here's my opinion on it. I mean, I mean, there's just yeah. no way. And you guys don't want that either. I, th- I think it's probably five people out there that felt that way. And so, well, fi- so those five
1: people go, uh, go edit your review. If you ever come back to this, go back <laughs>
0: I know. and update it. So then you kind Actually, of,
1: somebody did remember somebody oh, yeah, did go right. back and say something like, I used to think this, but now I kind of, I know, of
0: I know, I know. That's why, so you can edit your, re- your, your review, but, um, but you've actually adjusted yourself, not because I've wanted it. you to, but you sort of felt like you, you wanted to. And I don't want you to but i think but if this did, was video
1: yeah. people yeah. would get it better yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. they would understand yeah, 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 the yeah. dynamic but so anyway so we just anyway. thought
0: we'd you know let you guys know those couple things should we let them know about the song now too? uh okay. sure yeah so the th- uh, well actually or we could make them wonder now well no, tell no, that's no. okay oh. so the, the theme song um you can actually download the theme song to the vaccine conversation the whole song if you want to listen to it it's a uh, it's uh, Be the Peace by Melissa Suzanne, and uh, the mean. subtitle is the Vaccine Conversation Podcast theme song. So. You just find it on iTunes. And see if you can figure out who sings it. We tell you later, but let's not <laughs> tell them now. We'll, oh, okay. we'll tell them later. What
1: a coincidence of the name. The first name is the same. That is so I know. So it's so
0: weird. But yeah, but it's Melissa Suzanne, right, so right, it's right. someone different. Um Maybe. Um. Anyway, so, <laughs> so. Well, I think yeah. You know, the time machine only lets us stay back in time for like ten minutes at a time. So I think we're, we're running out. Oh,
1: we're running out. I know. We, we've got to go. Wait, the music's calling us. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> when, you when you open the door for somebody else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of our podcast, The Vaccine Conversation with Melissa and Dr. Bob. And I am
0: Melissa. And- hey, guys, I'm uh, Dr. Bob. Here's what's kind of obvious by the title. You probably just I call it The Vaccine like you, Conversation. <laughs>
1: How about the vaccine combo? Yeah, okay, uh, so anyway, this, so we just finished talking about a whole bunch of topics that we're going to cover. Um, in the months to come, and this one is so interesting for me. And what we're going to talk about today is media soundbites and catchphrases regarding the vaccine debate. So, in this vaccine conversation, what do we see with media soundbites and catchphrases? And we're going to actually go into the the catchphrases that you tend to hear, and we're going to talk about what's behind that. And from my perspective, why this is so concerning, that there is such a thing as media catchphrases when it comes to a public health situation. Like, there shouldn't be media catchphrases because this is not, this should not be a marketing campaign, but yet we see that it is. Right, I
0: know. Medicine should be so wonderful, and 100% safe and so good for you that it shouldn't need any PR, or, and then there shouldn't be any media soundbites. It and should always be
1: truthful, so what you're saying should just always be factual, so therefore there wouldn't be any need to skew it one way or the other, because we all know that PR campaigns are meant to skew perspective, right? They're they're meant right. to make the consumer feel a certain way about a product or a company Um, And so the fact that that's involved with this is, to me, really concerning. I
0: know. I know. You know, a newspaper can't just write a story about a measles outbreak and talk objectively about measles and then and then give a suggestion, you know, go talk to your doctor about getting a measles vaccine or check with your doctor to see if you've had your measles vaccine. Uh, it's not just simple and straightforward. They have to put all this fear into it. Well, instead and all of all these catchy phrases and sound bites that that, that scare the reader, and 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 the reader runs to their doctor's office asking for an extra measles vaccine because the the article they just read was so filled with PR versus just neutral, objective.
1: Yeah, but like, yeah, because what you're saying is there's an opinion at the end of it. Right. So throughout the there were many. Well, a strategy? Many cases, it's it's right. not just
0: an opinion. It's, it's, you're right. It's yeah. a whole PR strategy. Oh, it's designed, designed to incite designed. action. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But
1: but the opinion. So this goes back to journalism. Like the point of okay. journalism, right? Isn't the point to just um, news news organizations? We want to just uh, reflect on what's happening and to objectively. Um, give just the facts, just, you know, they would say just the facts, ma'am. Isn't that like kind of the old, the old saying, um, when you have like the hat in the forties, like just a facts, (laughs) ma'am. Anyway, (laughs) the, um, that was my really terrible impression. Yeah. Back when I was a child and I only got three vaccines, but, um, yeah, the, the whole point of, of journalists at that point were just to give, you know, it's just to give information. And like you're saying, let's say there is a, an outbreak, which could be less than 10 individuals, for example. And in the article, they're saying there's an outbreak, but they always jump to the opinion of whatever their narrative is, which is, um, oh, and it was Because of unvaccinated, you know, researchers say it's because of the unvaccinated that this is happening again. And so they've taken what was just information and they've led you to a belief system about what that means and who's to blame and who's the victim and whatever. And so essentially it's the opposite of journalism. And I found um, kind of an interesting an interesting uh, quote here about journalism, um, talking about fear, how they use fear.
0: (laughs) you hear that on tape? He's hungry
1: (laughs) and his stomach was just contributing to the podcast. So, okay. So this was um, in a really, a really interesting um, article in psychology today. And, and she says, um, you know, talking about journalism, if it bleeds, it leads, which we've heard that before. Fear-based media news is a money-making industry. And the article says, in previous decades, the journalistic mission was to report the news as it actually happened with fairness, balance and integrity. However, capitalistic motives associated with journalism have forced much of today's news to look to the controversial as news stories. It's no longer a race to get the facts right. Instead, it's to acquire good ratings in order to get advertisers So it comes down to the bottom line is it's about money. Well, that shouldn't surprise anybody Mm -hmm. except for the fact that when it comes to vaccines, who are the advertisers? And so we'll get more into that later. But one of the big things I always try to tell parents is who is behind the information that you're getting? So when it comes to the media, you think it's fair reporting, but... You know, of course, we're acknowledging it's not, and we're not the only ones that acknowledge that. Like anybody that pays attention to the media understands that this is no longer just the facts anymore. Oh my gosh, your
0: stomach <laughs> is
1: very upset with this media <laughs> situation, and rightly so. And um, anyway, do you do you want to add to like this whole concept of? Um who's behind it, the fact that there's an agenda like how that's shaping what we're hearing before we go into what are the typical sound bites? Right,
0: right, yeah because the, yeah the sound bite part of this I think is is the most fun, but but yeah I mean, I think people have to realize that um, that the media is you know their their number one advertiser is pharma. You, I don't are,
1: think people understand that. You're right,
0: right. If if you I mean everyone fast forwards through commercials now anyway, because mm-hmm. everything's on your D V R. But if you took time to watch commercials, you would you would see a pharma commercial at almost every commercial break. Mm-hmm. Sometimes two. Some of those are vaccine commercials, some of those are medication commercials. But can
1: I just interrupt really fast just to say, like when you listen to those um, <laughs> my goodness, like it's only just a small portion about something you don't realize it's very vague, right? It's always vague. So it's like, do you feel unhappy? And everybody's like, <laughs> yes, I, I do. I oh my do. Gosh. Right. Like, can you fix that? Are you tired at times? <laughs> I am And talk to your doctor about this. And it's just right. like, I need to go get that. Right. But then at the end of all that, there's like a full 60 seconds of all the things that could go wrong once you take this mystery drug right. and how you could right. potentially die a really awful death. But you know, there's always a smiling person holding hands with somebody else at the end of it. So I just had to,
0: I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But people have to realize that, um, that any, any news story you're you're watching on the news or you're reading in a newspaper or reading in a magazine or reading online, if pharma is advertising with that company, you, you have to be very naive. If you're going to think that the way that company Mm -hmm. is sharing that information is not influenced by the pharma- Or what's allowed what's pharmaceutical to be on that news program right, exactly. or news
1: network. Didn't exactly. Robert Kennedy Jr., he's the one mm. that talks about 70% of advertising on major news networks uh, comes from pharmaceutical companies. Wow. And sure. he even mentioned that he has friends that are network executives, network presidents who said, I cannot have you. On our network, even though I believe in what you're saying, and and a lot of his mission is, you know, getting rid of um, mercury, making vaccines safer, the dangers with the ingredients. And he cannot even talk about that, which is completely factual, completely database. He is an attorney um, because the network president said this is you have to understand my position. I've got, you know, our advertisers, the majority of our advertisers are pharmaceutical companies. They will not let me say this, you know, have this on here. So like you're saying, it's already funneled into what's acceptable information to be on the news anyway. So people have to understand if you are seeing it on a major news network, it is not going to be exposing any other side of this debate because they are just not allowed to do that.
0: Right. And it's, and it's, and it's sad. So we want to bring, we want to, I think, walk you through some of these really fun and catchy media soundbites that, I mean, if you're, if you're, uh, Someone who's in this fight, yeah. You just rolled your eyes at me, Melissa, because I roll my eyes every time I see one of these sound bites. Well, so predictable, I know how, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, like
1: it's almost like you've got they've got somebody in their earpiece telling them, "Don't forget the five bullet points you have to mention." Because right. you don't just see it on your news programs; you see it in any written article that's like you know CBS.com or any of your. Um, main newspapers with their, you know, online publication, you see it everywhere. So it's not just on your your nightly news. We're talking about anytime you see yes. a news organization talking about this, you will guaranteed, guaranteed uh, at least see or hear three of what we're going to tell you right. at least. Um,
0: yeah, let, 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 let's say them all. So, just sometimes so people it's only know.
1: these, though. Sometimes right. there's nothing else yeah. but these. Yeah. Like this is literally the only yeah. thing that's ever said. Are these quotes from the reputable people, and it's just this one quote? They don't expand on it at all. They just say this thing over and over again, and we'll talk about why. Right. Well, go ahead.
0: So I'll, I'll say the the. You say the first three. I'll say the. Uh.
1: Okay, so the number Something. one, and then this has to be number one, like I'd actually say the number one thing that I hear the most that I keep hearing, and will be everywhere, anywhere that has to do with this debate is vaccines are safe and effective. They're safe and effective. Did you know Are vaccines safe? No, they're safe and effective and effective and effective. And it's proven and it has a period after the end. And there is nothing more to say because they are safe and they are effective. And that's really all you need to know. I guess this is our
0: last podcast. It's been really fun. So thank you so
1: much. But no, I mean like if you're a parent, that's all you need to hear. They're safe and effective. Okay. So my kid's not going to get hurt by them and they totally work every time. Sign me up. I'm really good. No, <laughs> no need to question anything. They're safe and effective. Every news anchor that leads with a story about this will say there's a measles outbreak um, and it's due to the unvaccinated. And um, and researchers have shown time and time again that vaccines are safe and effective. Yet yep. there are some. Parents that choose to ignore this settled science. So, okay, safe and effective. Why don't you go to the second one? Yeah, so the
0: next one is vaccines save lives. And, in fact, that's almost part of the first one. You'll actually see vaccines are safe and effective, period, vaccines save lives. I see them often uh, together, and it's the greatest invention of of the modern era. Well, plus, um, if
1: you were to say anything against it, it'd be like, don't you know what these have done? I know for our country and for our and the world in general. Right. And this is the greatest invention of like modern time. How dare you say anything negative? I mean, don't you know what vaccines do? And of course, the first thing I always hear is you want polio to come back. You know, like that tends to be like the traditional response because vaccines have saved the world. They've saved the world. And what
0: I find interesting is you won't see vaccines are safe and effective, vaccines save lives in a vaccine commercial. Because no, then right. they have to have That's the guy true. with the low voice that talks really fast at the end that actually says yeah. vaccines save lives. Oh and vaccines can cause this, this, yeah, this, right. this, 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 and that. That's true. It's only in the PR media soundbites, not in an in actual and in the advertising. News articles. But right.
1: like so right. I just want to reinforce right. before we go to the next one that news does not necessarily mean these are objective facts anymore. That's just not what news means anymore. Right. So when you hear the anchor on channel four say vaccines are safe and effective, that is not a guarantee of some factual information because there is no factual information. We'll talk about that. That can really back that up, uh, that kind of right, statement. If
0: you were going to factually say vaccines save lives, you would also have to factually say and and they vaccines hurt do have some fatal reactions and mm-hmm. some and, and they're not going to say that.
1: And if you said they're effective, you'd also have to say, and they don't work in many and, people. Right. And they I don't mean, always work. Right? Yeah. Which, which of course is not going to sell so, anything, Yeah, So we're going to so. get
0: into to why. Yeah. So go. Uh, we
1: have so much to talk about. I know. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just realizing. Wait, like, so
0: uh, wait. Uh, that was number two. I'm on number three. Uh, autism and vaccine connection has been proven false. Uh,
1: yeah. Been? According it's been debunked. Don't you remember? Oh, okay. Yeah. I it's guess. been completely debunked.
0: Yeah. What, what I think is funny is, uh, you know, you'll hear science has proven vaccines don't cause autism. The the connection has been debunked. You always hear the word debunked, debunked. as if debunked is the ultimate way to prove something is not true.
1: Well, and even when some anchor is trying to appear to be fair and objective, they might say, uh, "Well, you know, some parents have concerns over things like autism. What do you say to that, Doctor Whoever, one of their you know two go-to people that they always go to?" And the doctor will come back and say. That has that connection has been debunked like right, right away. That's right. it's it's a conversation ender. And
0: and the word debunked I think has a connotation of making you almost feel foolish if you disagree. Totally, to- like t- that stupid, word is specifically... stupid for even
1: asking. Right? Exactly. How dumb are you? <laughs> yes. Wait, I just want to say with your Google degree, how dumb are you <laughs> to? To even question something. And, you know, so I'm in the process of reading this book by J.B., new book by J.B. Hanley, and he actually talks about that. And I definitely want to go into that, this concept of um, even asking the question. And, they, and, and he calls it the exasperate. they're exasperated to have to respond to you. They act as if, yeah. I cannot believe we've gone over this again and again, <laughs> okay? There is no connection. It's debunked. So that's All one right. of the first things. Even if, okay, so I've done a couple news uh, segments myself about my own family. And even if you don't mention autism, because that was not the case for our family, just mentioning a vaccine reaction like a seizure to the DTaP vaccine, in that conversation they will still say but hasn't it been proven that vaccines don't cause autism i'm like yeah, and you're, who, who even who, mentioned yeah, autism yeah i didn't say like, autism my kid had a seizure yeah like i'm not even talking yeah, about it's, autism. it's as, as if
0: as long as don't vaccine as, as long as vaccines don't cause autism that's okay that's all that matters cuz you know it's okay that they cause all kinds of other neurological and they just
1: injuries. redirect it's a, right. so that's another According one of to big, the big— things yeah it's all about right, redirecting right. redirecting the so conversation
0: i want to touch on on herd immunity cuz you the other sound, this the fourth soundbite is you always hear people say ninety five vaccination rate is needed to preserve herd immunity and i I 'm actually going to say that is a hundred percent complete lie. I'll tell you where that came from. It's a non-truth. Yeah, it is a non-truth. <laughs> okay, they're not lying to you. They're Let's just, be gentle. They're just telling you a non-truth. Uh, and I'll, we'll wait till we circle back to this, uh, this, oh, this particular soundbite.
1: Plus, herding herd right, will be like right. its own episode. I know, but
0: I look forward to sharing you a study that I just found that I'll tell you where the 95% number came from. And I think you'll you'll find it almost foolish that people actually apply that number to every single vaccine there is now. When you hear where it comes from. Um, and,
1: and herd immunity is one of the sound bites that's mentioned a lot because the reason that they do this, and this kind of ties into the next one, which is vaccination is important because of those who are too weak or too young to be vaccinated. These are the immunocompromised. So herd immunity ties into what's considered community responsibility. Part of what each of these articles will say is not only are vaccines safe and effective, not only do they save lives, not only has any correlation to autism been debunked, but we need everybody to be vaccinated so that we can keep herd immunity up for those who cannot get vaccinated. We must protect them. It is your responsibility to do that uh, for your community at large, right? So this is all about community responsibility. This is kind of like a little guilt. There's a little guilt in there, you know, for, for Johnny... Um, I don't know, child little boy Johnny who has some type of condition and he can't get vaccinated. But as you and I have talked about and and you've said in town halls, he shouldn't be going to school anyway because you know, legitimately he can catch so many other things that will put him at risk. But assuming he's in a full on school with everybody else, which doesn't really seem like makes the most sense, but let's say he is. Everybody else is supposed to get vaccinated with this completely safe and effective essentially like a saline, you know, it's it's so easy. It's such a simple thing. They're supposed to do that as part of this need to get to the herd immunity threshold, because otherwise we're going to have crazy outbreaks. If we drop below 90%, 95%, we're going to have these crazy outbreaks, which of course we know is not true because of waning immunity. We'll talk about that later. Like we're way below 95% as a whole in our population in general.
0: Um, And the, uh, the last media soundbite is vaccine reactions are one in a million, you hear that over and over again, and that is another untruth. Yeah, um, non, a non-truth. Truth, yes, well. that's another non-truth. That's a pro lie. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about how common vaccine reactions. So let, Let's circle back to back to the favorite, safe and effective. And I, you know, I don't think I do a lot of live news media interviews anymore because I don't think stations like to do live news interviews mm. yeah, they don't, with yeah. people that are kind of more neutral on vaccines. Um, but but when I hear safe and effective, I always want to you. Know, I talk to the TV or the commentator, I always, you know, yell at the TV, what do you mean safe and effective? Right. And I wish I could have a chance to, like, confront someone. What do you mean by safe and effective? Do you mean it's safe for 100% of people? Is it safe for 99% of people? Do we even you know, know
1: what that percentage yeah, is? I mean, yeah. that's the, the truth. What do you is- mean? And,
0: and is there some sort of legal definition of safe? And, and I'll tell you from from a medical standpoint, what I consider uh, what they actually really mean when they say vaccines are safe and effective what they're saying medically is that vaccines have passed the FDA safety approval process. They, you know, we we did a whole bunch of safety research ourselves on our own product on one vaccine, right? Like on, on one on vaccine, one uh-huh. we showed that that safety research uh, to the FDA. Um, you know, it's okay that some of the people on the FDA board hold stock in our company. That's okay. Don't worry about it. The FDA looks at our safety research. They approve that vaccine saying, okay, yeah, the number of side effects were low enough. You know, the number of severe reactions was low enough that we consider this vaccine to be safe enough to be an approved medical treatment in, in our country. That's technically what they mean by safe. And, but safe when you, enough. Well, I yeah, like when yeah, you say that. You're right. You know, safe I mean, enough. I would love to, to see a news commentator say, yeah, vaccines are safe enough and effective enough. Mm-hmm. If they said it that way. Um, or, the, or they came you know came clean and said you know the, the vaccines are safe enough you know in that they pass the fDA approval process like all medications because we don 't really
1: through. know how many they 're safe enough for we really don 't i mean that 's the thing that 's hard, and because like you 're saying there's and we 'll talk about vaccine safety a bunch um, because they're they 're setting one particular vaccine, and that one particular vaccine is never given by itself because things are given in
0: combination I know and that 's a really really critical point to make about the the mantra vaccines are safe because they've actually never studied the complete vaccine schedule, the CDC recommended vaccine schedule, all 69 doses. They actually don't have any safety research on that. So you can hear vaccines are safe and effective in the media all the time. Now, you know, that only applies to individual vaccines or, or in some combinations and and a media person or a doctor can say that till they're blue in the face What they can't tell you medically or scientifically is that they know the CDC schedule of vaccinations are safe. No one can tell you that scientifically. And if they do try to say that to you, they're lying to you because we know they have not researched it. And the the Institute of Medicine in 2013 published a review of vaccine safety and they admitted we have not studied the entire vaccine schedule to look to see if there are serious problems or long-term consequences of it. So it's a very critical distinction that people need to realize when they hear these, these mantras.
1: So we don't know who is safe enough to receive this and who will be effective enough for because of the, the efficacy depends on the individual's body. There are a whole bunch of reasons why a vaccine, even if you get it, this is something I hear all the time. I got my flu shot. Like people just assume That guarantees them protection, but that's not how vaccines work. Like, vaccines do not work for everyone, even if you go and get it. So, you have your proof of your $19 Costco flu shot, that does not mean that you are not going to get it. And it doesn't mean that you don't have the potential of spreading it to somebody else. So your community responsibility of making sure others who can't get the vaccine, it doesn't mean that that is what happened. So when they say effective, they're making it sound like it's guaranteed. You got the vaccine. You're never getting it. You're never getting it, but it's just not true.
0: Right. And what, what people need to understand about vaccine efficacy is, um, most vaccines don't actually prevent you from catching the germ right? And, and, and having your respiratory or nasal tract or your intestinal tract actually becoming infected with that germ, and you are now going to become contagious with that germ to others. Putting most, other people at risk. Right, right, yeah, and putting other people at risk. For most people, that vaccine is just going to reduce the severity of your symptoms in a lot of cases. You'll just feel less sick but you'll be just as contagious right. as the person that was, um, that was not vaccinated and caught the disease. But isn't that almost and, more
1: risky because you're thinking that you're totally protected, don't have anything going on. You're putting yourself in public situations. Where exactly, because you're, you're yeah.
0: not that sick. You're just as contagious, but you don't feel as sick. Right. So you're not going to stay at home. You're still mm-hmm. going to go to work. You're still going to go to school.
1: And this is an asymptomatic carrier, right? right?
0: But this could be a, a vaccine that's perfectly effective right. in quotes. Um, You can't see my air quotes. But well, most of can, but uh, I'm doing yeah, air quotes. Really good air quotes, um, by the way. Um, <laughs> vaccines are safe and effective. Everyone automatically means that you're right. It means a 100% shield is around you. Right. You cannot become infected. You cannot be contagious right. to everybody. Whereas what they really mean is <clears throat> it's, a, it's effective to the degree w- – in how that vaccine was designed. This vaccine, like, say, tetanus vaccine, mm-hmm. was designed so that if you ever get tetanus in a wound, you won't become paralyzed. But the vaccine doesn't actually stop you from getting tetanus germs in your wound. Same is true for for whooping cough vaccine. Yeah. Same is true for diphtheria vaccine, the injected polio vaccine, even the flu vaccine. Uh, these vaccines still will all allow you to become infected with a germ and spread it to others. So. So when they say effective, you assume like the the connotation, but the idea is that if you, if it's going to protect everyone around you, not only you, but everyone around you. Whereas the reality is people need to realize that the vaccine's are not effective are not effective in the way that the media will claim they are right
1: which is why we're we're definitely going to And do then it some, the are, some
0: are some yeah. are effective i think some do prevent you from actually becoming infected with that germ and beca- becoming contagious to others there are some but that's a minority mm-hmm. and so safe and effective really you know and and i, I like to maybe point out uh, some vaccines have such a low efficacy Especially, um, like the, the flu vaccine, sometimes it's only 20% effective, not in making you not contagious, but it's just 20% effective in you not feeling right. sick. And some vaccines, uh, they actually had to fake some of the efficacy research. Yeah. If we ever talk about a mumps vaccine, yeah, there's yeah, a federal, federal case we'll talk about. But I anyway, mean, vaccines, you know, safe and effective really has a whole different meaning. If you really understand vaccines, because there's a whole lot of potential side effects that happen to people. And, yeah.
1: and 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 these points. So we said safe and effective vaccines save lives. There's no autism connection, which we know. There's a lot of new research that is that people don't well, know about.
0: Well, let's talk about the 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 autism vaccine connection, um, because you you hear people say that, and the, I think the the uninformed consumer is just going to say, "Oh, good, they've proven it's 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 false. They've proven vaccines can't cause autism." Well scientifically and let's let's talk science because everyone likes to talk about science because because it's apparently it's settled scientifically (laughs) you can't prove that something doesn't cause something else right you can't scientifically design an experiment that's going to look at vaccines and prove vaccines don't cause autism you can only prove a positive you can't prove a negative so you can only look for associations so when someone does a bunch of you know vaccine autism research all they can conclude is, in our study, we did not find an association between vaccines and autism. That's a completely different thing right, than, than saying, saying they we've don't. proven yes. they don't cause autism. Right. And and if you do a lot of you know online video watching, you'll you'll see the there was a, a very popular doctor and and a couple of lawyers at like a dinner party talking about um, about vaccines and autism, and and they actually talked about this very issue and said. You can't say that in media. You can't explain why Mm -hmm. we can't prove vaccines don't cause autism because people are going to be afraid. Oh, my gosh. Now you can't prove it. So what if it's true? Mm -hmm. What if vaccines do cause autism? I mean,
1: isn't that the point is, is that we don't know. We don't know. Right. That's right. the point. It right. has not been proven that it's right. not. But we know that there are definitely positive associations in studies that have the, the new studies that have been done that we're coming across or that I'm reading about, too, especially in in JB's book that, uh, you know, more recent stuff. But I think the big issue is that these studies that have been done before that have not found the positive outcome that you're talking about are done on children that are vaccinated with one particular vaccine and children that are totally vaccinated with everything else but that one vaccine. So it's not like you're actually comparing kids that have never received
0: vaccines, which the
1: problem with that is Mm -hmm. that the other ingredients, the adjuvant, it's not, it, it might not be the culpability of one particular vaccine, but but overall, what's inside all of the vaccines and the combinations? So they're comparing to right. to kids who have also had vaccines. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, you might show there's no positive outcome here when it relates to autism, but that doesn't mean that uh, that the study was done in a way that really shows if there is a positive right. outcome or not. Right. And
0: we'll probably have to do a whole episode. Oh yeah, two episodes. In fact, we'll probably get JB on the show and uh, and see if he can you know walk us through his books uh, at some point. Um, so so herd immunity. Let, let me tell you real quick where the 95% vaccination number comes from and uh um,
1: and we should find out really quickly we might want to take it? this into a part 2 if if we um, need to if we okay um, no, we'll, we'll keep, no, we'll yeah. keep going so, there's so much to talk about okay so i keep i was
0: wondering the other day where does the, where does the fact the fact in quotes air quotes that you need 95% vaccination coverage to preserve herd immunity okay. um where does that come from so i emailed our buddy hector hector our numbers guy and and he got right back to me That fact, in air quotes, comes from a 1983 study done at Johns Hopkins University. Um, It was published in the American Journal of Epidemiology. It was called uh, Measles and Rubella in the United States, and it was by Hethcote. You can look it up yourself. Um, But essentially if you hear the fact that 95% uh, vaccination coverage is needed to preserve herd immunity you would assume they've researched that you you would have assumed they've looked at outbreaks of measles and and rubella and chickenpox they've they've studied you know hundreds of thousands of kids and found gosh if if less than 95% are 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 vaccinated then we lose herd immunity and there's big outbreaks. You kind of, would there be an assumption they've studied that? They have not. This was a mathematical exercise. Now, you're a math genius. And I, well, well you know a lot about math. Uh, um, I want art- to give you this article. <laughs> if you look at this article, it's hilarious. I'm just going to hold it up for you, Melissa. You can see the, the math equations at the end. Um, uh, where is it? Here, two pages of math equations. Let
1: me see. Let me verify this work was done correctly. That
0: prove uh, you need 95% uh, vaccine coverage to preserve herd immunity. They didn't carry the one. They didn't carry. Okay, there you go. That's where the problem was. Um, No, but this was a mathematical exercise. Someone sat at their desk and did a whole bunch of math. So what you're saying is it's theoretical. It's theoretical. Yet... That was in 1983. Mm-hmm. There's not been a single real life study that's actually shown that to be true. But you hear people over and over again quoting, "We need 95 percent immunity," and that strikes fear because if someone's sitting there and says, "Oh no, what if in my neighborhood we only have 94 percent? Right. Should I let my kids out go outside to play?" Or when
1: people talk about these pockets yeah. of unvaccinated, are my they're neighbors saying, vaccinated? Yeah, they might say in this city, oh, uh, or in this school, there's a 50 percent rate, and people are thinking, "Oh my God, that leaves me totally exposed." Right. And now right. we are susceptible for a math outbreak.
0: Yeah. The truth is they they really don't know what what percent vaccine Im- uh, coverage is needed for herd immunity. This mathematical exercise was only performed on measles and mm-hmm. rubella. You, you'll hear them oh, yeah. they'll have them apply to all vaccines, totally. whooping cough, polio, everything. So now you know, our listeners, you know the truth uh, that where that number comes from and why that media soundbite is uh, is another uh, non truth.
1: Well, and and just the concept of herd immunity. Obviously, we're going to be covering that right as well because that breaks down into the difference between artificial induced immunity, natural immunity, herd immunity. Oh, that's you a know, fun one. I yeah, can't wait. And, and so many people are like, you know, the people that have done research in immunology say herd immunity. You know, technically, this is a myth only because as adults. Our vaccines have waned over time. And so typically what you're looking at with a population is, you know, maybe 50 percent, like on any given day, it's not you're not at 94 anyway. So getting to that 95 isn't going to somehow save our entire society from extinction, which is sort of how they <laughs> right. they portray it. Right. Um, and and of course, the guilt is the big thing with the immunocompromised, because um, it's one. you know, a lot of people come back to this argument and we talk about choice and we could almost do an entire other episode on that. I, I really think we could almost go into part two because there's the whole section on the bottom on media, but we, we can run through it and see what we get through and, um, and yeah. add to it.
0: Yeah. I think we're I when it comes to immu- imm- immunocompromised, um, whenever I'm in that situation and, and, you know, Melissa already touched on this in, in that um, immunocompromised kids are way more likely to catch Diseases that we don't even have vaccines for. Right. Um, number which one, which are many. Which are many. Right. Number one. Number two. Most vaccines don't prevent the spread of a disease from a vaccinated person to an immunocompromised person. So it doesn't matter if, if that immunized compromised person is around a vaccinated person or an unvaccinated person. It doesn't matter for most vaccines. You can still pass it to the person. Plus, we know that some vaccines will actually pass diseases. Live virus vaccines will actually pass that infective germ to an immunocompromised person. Right. Right. So, um, but I think let, let's wrap up. Uh, vaccines are one in a million. Um,
1: oh yeah. I mean, and, and I, th- I think we'll talk about that with vaccine safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, vaccine safety. I'm more, I'm more concerned not. with what comes after that because. Yeah. Go for it. Well, the thing, the thing that I'm really interested in behind all of this. So here are the sound bites you've talked about some of the you know the technical basis behind them. But the the bigger issue here is understanding that there is a PR campaign happening around this issue and the media is part of that PR campaign they are they are um, phrasing this entire debate in a certain way and they want you to believe a certain way about it or should we say their advertisers want you to feel a certain right. way about it and it's a type of what i think is it's a type of psychological manipulation
0: well we we we, we introed with all this didn't we uh
1: yeah didn't we, we mentioned it so, yeah so but right. Because we can't, I mean, this is such a reality. It's hard not yeah. to bring this up almost probably yeah. in every episode in yeah. some way or another. But the the fact is is that this is being branded, right? It's being branded a certain way to control how people think, and it's a way to have people perceive vaccine makers in a certain way. So not just the product, but the makers. They're out for our good. They're trying to help us, and thank goodness for them in in that, um, for that reason. And we talked about fear as being a big motivator. I think that really has to be discussed because fear, like you said, we'll probably have tons of articles that we'll be able to actually read through on a podcast and break it down. Every time you talk about somebody, the first death of the flu season, I just saw that one and we'll talk about that article all right, all right. is that that's in the title, right? Because the, right away you want people to feel scared that uh, cause fear is a huge motivator. And and they're, they're trying to motivate you into action. And so we talked about who's behind the PR campaign. It's pharmaceutical companies that are selling their product. But unfortunately, they're using what's supposed to be a neutral venue, which is the media, to help shape public opinion on this issue. And that's why we like having this conversation with people is because this is a conversation you're not going to really have anywhere else um, where it's just talking about the information. And it's important to know that the advertisers are the ones that are responsible for what you feel about everything to do with the vaccine debate. This whole thing is based on carefully planned, carefully orchestrated um, campaigns and marketing and branding and some of the ads that you people don't realize are these viral posts. Sometimes you see on Facebook, it'll be a viral post about somebody who has some type of disease like, oh, my child had measles. And oh, my God, you guys, I don't want you to have to go through this. And it might be from 2012, but they they find a way to recirculate it again. And all of a sudden that's the panic of, oh, my God, this looks awful. I better get my kid, you know, vaccinated right away. And so that all of these elements, all these posts that, and these news stories that you see are all carefully orchestrated to kind of come to the same conclusion. And I think that people need to understand that it's all by design and it's not completely objective, if at all objective. Right.
0: right. And, and I think I'll, I'll I can close with this. I think something that's, that really concerns me is, is a darker side of the agenda right. that I think that I think is behind this. It's not only to, to sell vaccines because again, pharma, you know, they have, they have the right to sell vaccines. Um, it's the way they put all these sound bites together, safe and effective. They save lives. They don't cause autism. We need herd immunity at a certain level. Got to protect the immunocompromised. And don't worry, vaccines are one in a million. I think their agenda is trying to set up the people who don't buy into the pharma agenda and who do have concerns about vaccines, people that don't get vaccines. The agenda is to paint them as dangerous. And dirty, illogical, 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 Uh um, unsafe to be around. Because if you can, if you can figure out that a small portion of your community is unsafe and dirty, then it somehow makes it okay to discriminate against them. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's and you
0: you can take away their rights.
1: Totally, a whole other. And and I, my, my,
0: I fear. I feel like. That's one of the agendas of, of, of why you're these saying are discrediting,
1: discrediting a certain group of people so right. that therefore when they do, they go legislatively try to take things away. Then you're not going to feel so badly about the fact that these people are having their rights taken away because they're putting you at risk anyway. So they're kind of the bad guy right. and we want to keep them away from us. And exactly. that is a, a type of polarization that <clears> you can see in this debate. It's intended to polarize people to put where we, we have seen this before parent against parent. They're trying to pit parent against parent Mm -hmm. so that we are not united in the quest for safer vaccines, safe kids, and, um, and, you know, healthy, a healthy population. They're trying to put it where it's us against each other. And and, and that's kind of the, uh, what I've seen across the board. Yeah.
0: And the reality is that we've talked about the middle ground and this will be an episode, but I think if, if you really asked enough people, I think most people would agree that, yeah, vaccines might be important, they might be useful in certain ways um but I, but the majority think would agree that they should never be mandatory, and that if you really look at the science, unvaccinated families are safe and healthy people too. And that, that this does not have to be something where that causes discrimination and that we should all be able to be a society that gets along and and, and understands one and one each understands each other instead of us fighting against each other, like you said.
1: Yeah, but like and, and that whole mandated yeah. thing all comes down to people believing these sound bites that we just talked right, about. Exactly. Like in order to mandate, you have to believe all these things. And so if yeah. you don't believe one of those bullet points, it <clears> puts <throat> that whole entire program and that that agenda at risk, which is something right, that they don't want. Right, Anyway.
0: Okay. Well, that was that was fun. Whew. That was really cool. I like that. Um, so, I, uh, what do you uh, next? I don't know. If we can. It's a toss up. Uh. Well,
1: you know what? Here's the thing. They're gonna have to tune in to episode three to find out what we're talking about. No, we gotta tell them. We can't always. No. If We tell every them every time. No, because what if um, they might not find that particular topic interesting? Well, how, can they, they won't how no. can they not? How can they not? It mean, not the most interesting concept. Well, you're, all you're right
0: because I, like, I feel like our next two topics we, we decided are kind of a little tedious. No, they're super
1: exciting they're super and exciting. come okay. check them out. It's a form concept <laughs> or it's Stop a, it. a vaccine schedule <laughs> explain. You didn't right. hear that. Okay, okay, so we'll catch you next time right. on episode three. Bye. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.